0: Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on my show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this is based on my personal opinion. So take what helps and leave the rest. If you're really suffering, call 911 or your local emergency services. Thanks. Are your credit card bills keeping you up at night? Interest rates in the double digits? Be smart and pay off your credit card balances with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. And the website, it's very nice, very easy to navigate. You can choose a loan for exactly what you want to use it for. And just for my listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash helpmebeme. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com com slash help me be me. Subject to credit approval, rates range from four point nine eight percent APR to nineteen point nine nine percent APR and include point five zero percent auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit, terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit Lightstream.com slash help me be me for more information. Hi friends, it's Sarah May and this is an episode, um, I guess it's about accessing your own intuition and or connecting to a higher power. I don't want to freak people out so I don't want to be like, if you are if you get triggered by that idea. I personally used to be, immediately when I heard that term I would shut off. I'd just be like, nope, you are not like me, you don't think like me, you're all, it just like was a, another way of saying like you're crazy. So I don't want to, if that's true for you, please don't turn this off now. Because I am not preaching God on this episode, to be clear. I'm really, it could be seen in many different lenses. If you are struggling right now to connect to anything deeper or higher, or have any sense of spirituality or any sense of, um, you want to hone that in your life, and you are open to growing that sensitivity, because it's something that I think you can foster and grow in yourself. If you don't have it, you can be deliberate about leaning into it. It's like a muscle more than anything. And I think if for a lot of people, we lack kind of a a grounding sense of things, like a inner guiding voice and inner intuition. I think a lot of people crave um, feeling comforted by something outside of them. Maybe that's, you know, just even a sense of like there being a higher order to things or something beyond us also huge other caveat for this episode it's not for the faint of heart there are um there is a story in this episode that is very sad and if uh if you if you get easily upset or things that are very sad involving children if that overwhelms you and you can't stop crying when you hear it I get it maybe this isn't an episode for you and I can relate to that feeling and just want you to know like it's um, probably when when my guest starts telling her story, th- like the story I ask her to tell, then I would turn off the episode then and that will be when you can, when you're safe to stop listening. Um, regardless, I just want to give you a preface to the interview I do in this episode just so you know why I'm doing it. I... I basically wanted to do an episode about how to kind of hone a sense of spirituality and hone a sense of um, your own intuition. And like, I think a lot of people don't recognize it, don't know what it is, where it is, how it sounds. And I think it's something I really would love to pass on to my children just to be able to teach them. How do you listen to those little nudges inside of yourself? What do they sound like? What do they feel like? And I... Well, as I was working on this episode, this woman, Lori Burns, who is the founder of the teen project, and one of my heroes, a superwoman who saves the lives of kids, uh, victims of sex trafficking and former foster kids. Anyway, she sent me a work in progress of the book she's writing right now. And one of the themes of the book is how her little nudging or inner voice kind of how it feels how it sounds and what it kind of nudges her to do and how it acts in her life so I wanted to interview her on this topic in particular because I thought that was a pretty cool way to bring it about Um, and I will say that like yes this is a polarizing topic for me as well it has been in my life because the idea of believing in spirituality or guiding forces that are unseen by us can sound crazy and I remember for me It was a huge trigger, especially when I was in a really bad place and looking for help desperately. I remember that was like a barrier for me and I got creeped out by people talking about God or a higher power. I just was, I'd see them and be like, oh, you don't get me. You don't think like me at all. So for people who like like that, who are listening, I get it and I remember in that moment, having that response of like, and now I'm going to tune everything out that you have to say, because you are a God person. And it was devastating, actually, because I really needed something to believe in and someone to trust. And I was scanning the people who seemed like they had something to offer or had tools that were working, I was scanning for any sign that they didn't think like I thought. And I now know that was in part because i had had so many people fail me over the years and i really didn't trust anyone for good reason but now as a, an adult who is resourced i am the opposite way i kind of scan for what the good is in someone someone's belief system i i look for our overlap and i look for i see truth in what people say even if they don't think like me or they don't have the same belief system as me I can find nuggets of like, oh, I share that belief too. That resonates too. So I, I I guess I'm talking to people who are like where I was. And if you have, if you're longing for some kind of belief, belief system and you're looking to kind of begin to to put a language together for it, you know. So it's like, um, I'll, I'll introduce it by saying like my therapist back in the day, when I was like, I have no spirituality whatsoever, don't believe in any of that stuff, she was like, well, do you want to? And I said, I guess so, because it'd be nice to. She said, why don't you just pretend? Just pretend you do and act as if. So that's kind of like where I would ask you to start. And um, if you have a vacuum in your life in this area and you're searching for a way to bring out that sense of the spiritual in your life, I would just say like, be open and assume the things that are coincidental maybe aren't coincidental maybe all things that are coincidences are actually intentionally so and anytime you get a nudge it's not an accident and anytime you feel um that sense of like uncanny like huh like that double take feeling follow that anytime there's energy in a specific area it for me it feels like your your eyes are seeing something but you can't see it. Like you'll be staring at something like, what am I missing? Why am I staring at this thing? That's how it arrives is like, huh? Why am I? Why am I looking at this thing? Why am I studying something, but there's nothing there? It's almost like um, someone is energetically pointing at something in your life. Or you're hearing a thought that's like, pay attention to that thing or grab that thing. Don't don't go out the door just yet, grab that object, whatever it And is, you'd be like, huh, where's that coming from? Doesn't really make sense. But listen to it anyway. Just see where that gets you. Just that very simple direction of like, why am I suddenly driven to want to sort through this box of stuff? Stuff like that. It'll be very random. And that's it. That's all. That's all my advice as to how to start to begin to foster um, or or start to understand the tone of voice and the, the language of instincts of intuition as they come about. Intuition can also be another totally different thing, which is like, when you have a gut sense of when you're in danger. I'm not really speaking to that so much, not speaking to so much to uh, your, your survival instincts. Um, But definitely listen to those. But anyway, without further ado, this is my interview with Lori Burns, founder of the Teen Project, longtime friend, amazing human being. I hope you enjoy warby parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point warby parker styles range from extra narrow to extra wide to fit all face shapes i personally love warby parker glasses because they're super flattering super glam and they fit wide faces because i have a giant face they're very flattering and they look super expensive but they're actually very affordable and they're really good quality So don't let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. And try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. You order five pairs of glasses to try on at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash helpmebeme. me. We've shifted how we work and learn, but sometimes it feels like the world is changing faster than we can keep up with. Talkspace Online Therapy can help you manage stress, process significant life changes, and more. So you can feel less overwhelmed and more in control. I feel like you guys will really like Talkspace because it's virtual access to therapists. And anytime you're going through something tough and you feel stuck, if you have somebody to bounce things off of, Like a licensed therapist, you move through issues so much faster and more effectively. And when you're matched with the right licensed therapist, it's very much like having a personal guru. They're your guide from darkness into light. And Talkspace is ready to help you start feeling better within a single message. So set goals to talk with your therapist about and then you can develop techniques to cope in difficult times together. Talkspace is actually the number one online therapy platform. There are thousands of licensed therapists available to match with across dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. If you need a little support to help you through the end of the year, or you want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code helpmebeme. Me. That's $100 off when you use code helpmebeme me, at talkspace.com.
1: Uh
0: okay, very very excited to be talking with Lori Burns, founder of The Teen Project, among many other um amazing. I mean, The Teen Project I guess is the kind of umbrella, but you have can you just list off all of the different businesses you have that save the lives of children?
1: Okay, well, so you know what? It's very interesting and confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like sometimes um, even the name, the Teen Project, right? right? Right, And this is Lori Burns, I'm the founder of the Teen Project, and um, now the executive director working there. But we name every site, which gets really confusing for everyone else, but really simple for us. And we do that so we could say, Hey, are you working at Freehab today or Vera's Sanctuary? So um, it's all one entity called the Teen Project, but Mm -hmm. we have several different sites. We have Freehab, which is in Los Angeles, and we have 74 beds there. We pick up girls that are homeless and sex trafficked off the street every day, or they come into us through an Uber, and they get free drug detox, free rehab, free vocational schooling, and pretty much a life transformation to get their life back on track. We have the Crisis Residential Treatment Program, which is 16 beds in L.A., mm-hmm. and we take in girls that are suicidal, overdosed, or having a mental break, and we have doctors and nurses working there. Then we have Vera Sanctuary for Women in Tribuco Canyon, Orange County, and we um, It is for sex trafficked girls. We have um, two houses for girls that are sex trafficked and need um, drug detox and drug rehab. And then we have another house for girls that are currently pregnant and need drug detox and rehab. Um, And then we have two houses for children under 18 that are sex trafficked. And uh, we just got approved for the first drug treatment center for kids in our entire county that don't have any money. Believe it or not, there's nothing. We have, a, we have an outpatient center in Rancho Santa Margarita for kids that are addicted to opioids and fentanyl and things like that. By the way, everything we have is free. We never charge a dollar for anything. And I feel like we're, oh, and I'm missing one. The college house in Lake Forest, California, where um, kids could live for two years and go to college. And when I say kids, we focus on girls um, and transgender youth that identify as girls or those, anyone actually that identifies as a female. So that's it
0: amazing. Uh, wonderful, fantastic. And yeah. if anybody is interested in just making a donation in honor of this episode, I would love that to happen. It's the teenproject.com And you can see more info about all of these businesses. If you know someone that really needs one of these places, um, well, Lori, I've you're one of my, uh, heroes and a you friend can. and I've known you, I think a little over 15 years, I think probably 17 years now. Wow, it's
1: more than that because your original picture is on my book. Um, So my first book, Punished for Purpose, which details my life story as a foster youth ending up homeless and trafficked and then saved by a trick and turning around to not only make my life amazing, but then turning around and saving thousands of kids. But Sarah, you're on the front page. So uh, that book's from 2010. Oh my
0: God, no way. I'm going to put a link to that book in the Mm -hmm. show notes of this on Amazon in case anybody wants to read your story because it's an inspiring and amazing story. Uh, And I know you've written quite a few books and I know you're writing a new book, which is part of the reason I wanted to chat with you because I was working on this episode and I was like, oh my God, this is what Lori's book is about. And Mm -hmm. I guess it's basically like, I think it's hard for a lot of people, especially if you have baggage with religion or you've had experiences in your life when you were like really really needed help and then you asked for help and you didn't get any help or you just needed someone to guide you and there was it felt like there was nothing there I think a lot of people just shut off to that idea altogether and it feels like there's nothing you know and it it's like a it's kind of a a lonely scary feeling and um so I guess I what I really wanted to talk to you about was like if you're, if a person is really looking for a sense of a higher power, or or even just wanted to tap into their own sense of intuition, where they could get like guidance, or or have an, a feeling of like, I I have an inner voice that's telling me the right way to go. You know what I mean? Like, so right. I know you and I both didn't. There was a time in our lives when we didn't have a connection to that at all. Right. And now you literally, you know, in your new book, you're talking about getting nudges and kind of like these whispers, your name for them is angels. And yeah. I guess, would you, can you talk a little bit about how this voice or these, the sense of these nudges has kind of evolved for you?
1: You know, it's interesting. I, um, all right, so let me start from the beginning. Although I grew up Jewish, um, I've always been a take what you want and leave the rest kind of girl. Mm -hmm. Um, I like Jewish because there was food and wine, (laughs) (laughs) but the rest of it, I don't know about, you know what I mean? I don't speak Hebrew and I was, um, there was too much trauma going on in my home to actually focus on what they were talking about in uh, Hebrew school. So I don't remember much about God, but I do remember my feeling about God After growing up in an abusive home, then my um, father's abuse got discovered. I got set up by him. He hit a gun. I was scared to tell other adults about what he had done. So I ended up taking the punishment for my dad and being tied to a bed in a straitjacket right after my bat mitzvah. So my understanding was was that God hated me.
0: So I believe
1: there was one but I also believed he was targeting me and things only got worse from there. As you know, I like tumbled mm-hmm. down through foster care. I actually never got to a foster home because I was a level 14 group home. That was the worst of the worst. And they said I was schizophrenic and suicidal and bipolar. I was suicidal. I don't know about schizophrenic. I do hear voices, but they're all me. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's no, the, nothing strange there. It's called the committee. Um, So I thought God hated me. So when I got sober in 87 and they said, you have to find a God, I was like, holy hell, if I start praying to that guy, he's going to locate me again. I figured he's out saving some country or something because he lost my number. Um, So I decided that if I had to pray to something, um, it would have to be something I could trust. And um, I just rewatched Oh God, part two. Now, part one is not a movie I relate to but oh god part two george burns picks a little girl i think she's in second grade to save the world and (laughs) it's so comforting and normal and trusting and you know george has a way about him he smokes he usually has a drink in his hand and he's very non-judgmental and he doesn't he's very slow to anger so i said okay george burns is my god and i literally prayed to george burns for um maybe the first 20 years of my sobriety so i'm I think of 35 years about today. So, um, and still that some days I still use George, you know, um, <laughs> so but basic. the message is no matter where you're sending your mail, God's going to pick it up anyway, whoever he or she is. So I, uh, you don't have to stress out so much. I believe on who you're praying to um, because if, remember George was alive when I started praying to him. He mm-hmm. wasn't even dead yet. Yeah, he was just a regular dude, but right. my prayers kept on getting answered. So I stopped stressing on that.
0: Was that? Me, what's that? Was that always like a? I mean, I guess in the when you did started to pray and your prayer started to be answered, was there like a? Huh. Weird. This is working now. Like, did you have a moment of like, not? Wanting oh, not to only did it? I have a
1: moment, I put him to the freaking test. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, if that's really you. Help me out of this one. You know what I mean? Like, um, let's see what you do here. Like, I remember a period um, when I had less than ten years sober, where I was like actually testing him. And I remember one day where my electricity went out. I had a rough, you know, as a single mom just starting up, not knowing much about much. I had um, graduated school with a GED, so um, I my electricity went out. Am I? my house was dark and the bill was like $161 and 13 cents. And I was like, and this is where, I think this might've been the first time I ever heard the whisper. So I'm like at home and I'm stressing out cause I gotta pick my daughter up and let her know there's no um, electricity. So a voice in my head said, go to the mailbox. And I'm like, why would I go to the mailbox? There's nothing but more bills in the mailbox. But it kept on saying, no, just go check the mailbox. And I'm like, yeah, no. And finally, I'm just like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll go check the mailbox. When I went to the mailbox, there was some kind of refund from something that I didn't even know I would bought that was like a, when you put a deposit down and then after a year of holding it, they refund it. And it was $161.80, it was a, like a couple pennies more than what I needed. Nutty. Sorry, I'm from my cat. But I could not freaking believe it. But you think that would have convinced me? No. I'm like, (laughs) okay, we still have a couple more tests. You're doing good. But yeah, I kept on going. But that was how I learned to listen to the whisper. Right. say something that didn't make any sense. And when it doesn't make any sense, um, before this time in my life, I would probably just disregard it and not check my mailbox. But now that I was in sobriety and I was actually noticing these, really weird thoughts that don't mix with what I'm thinking. Right. I started recognizing that as something I need to do.
0: Right. Something that's I a, need to trust. That's a really good point. I mean, that's one thing that really resonated with me in the book you're writing now is like, um, and I think it's called letters to George or something like that. Notes um, to George. Notes to George. Yeah. yeah. And it'll yeah. be out in Christmas in case anybody mm-hmm. wants to check it out. Um, I think when you talked about being in group therapy, when you were first in, uh, rehab and you said it was hard for a lot of the girls to understand how they felt because you're, you don't have a language or a connection to your feelings yet. And so Mm -hmm. you had to kind of build up that vernacular from the ground up, like with like a very simple chart of like happy, sad, angry, like, and I feel like that is such a big barrier to understand, to even having a sense of intuition or having a connection to whatever this guiding voice is. If it's coming from inside of you, if it's coming from somewhere else, whatever it is, I think if you can't connect to it, it's partly can be due to just feeling inner chaos you yeah. know? and having like no grounding in yourself yet. So, right, yeah, I think when you talk about like the fact that now you're so like for the first time able to hear it and it's kind of like not, you know, doesn't really quite make sense.
1: It's but, my own voice for those that are wondering, like, is it a man's <laughs> voice? Is there a way to recognize? No, it's my own voice. And it's some thought that doesn't even, it's like out of left field. It's like, what is that? <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it also seems like, well, another thing you mentioned in your book is like, you talked about when um, there are these things that like, it's, you know, God or, your higher power telling you like, this is exactly where you are supposed to be right now. It's kind of like these synchronicities that happen that yeah. kind of reinforce like, duh, this is exactly yeah. what we're supposed to be doing. Do you see? Right. I think a lot right. of people dismiss synchronicities as just coincidence, but it's usually, I think, a sign you're on the right path. It's like, yeah, this is it. This is the right thing. Yeah, place. they're just
1: not tracking for some reason. And I never used to be tracking. So I couldn't tell you what happened in my life before this point. Everything was just, I was being bombarded with everything, good and bad. And I never mixed anything And But when the drugs went away and I started to get some peace and I started to, it was probably ignoring the voice that actually got me to listen to the voice. You know, so like what noticing, like, what is that? What is that? What is that? Um, It's very interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I know you also mentioned well, so you I've talked about my god box which you gave me yeah. <laughs> as a gift for photographing the god box for the website. Um and yeah. I use I use it pretty often. I know I use it personally for when I need help. And for mm-hmm. me it's very much just a way to like formalize, you know, a request. It's like a ritual yeah. of sorts where I'm like I really fucking mean it. Yeah. So can you talk about what you use it for and what it is?
1: <laughs> Yeah, so it's interesting Um, when I was newly sober an old man. I was stressing out in a meeting and an old man said um, If you're stressing about something get a box and he was a New York guy He was like don't stress out get a box put a note in it Tell God this is his note and then forget about it because it's God's mail, right? And he said if you find yourself stressing out just remember you already gave it to God leave it with God (laughs) so I had a shoebox in my closet in rehab, so I started putting notes in my shoebox and um it helped because it was like a physical. Okay, this is yours. I can't deal with this anymore. Now, funny thing, in my when I was newly sober, that box probably filled up really quickly. Now, 34 years later, I have to like seriously back against the wall before I think, oh my god, put it in the god box, Lori. Right? <laughs> right. Um, but it really, really works. And then someone donated 5,000 God boxes, $5,000 worth of God boxes. And that's when you and I created the picture and started um, doing stuff like that. And then I started giving God boxes to kids in orphanages and girls in um, group homes and, you know, people everywhere, people on the street. I would stop and see a homeless person and say, just put everything you're worried about in it. But as you and I both learned no instructions in the box. So yeah. I, once I, put, I put like I want a husband in there and I ended up marrying like three guys before the right guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> and that was a really hard one to undo. So just one word will do. If you put instructions in, you're derailing the whole system. Right. Like why you like ask? love. Yeah. <laughs> love. Yeah, yeah. Something simple. Yeah. I had that, yeah. Had that same
0: same thing happened to yeah. me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's I've been using it I've got boxes all over my house right now and I've been gathering up stories I text myself oh my god remember this oh my god remember that and um I lost my phone once and it wasn't all in the iCloud so I just thought I need to start writing now because mm-hmm. um there I've still got a ton of stories but I think I've lost half of them mm-hmm. so Yeah, so um you just got to start scratching them down yeah
0: I recently got the perfect pump in blue suede from Sarah Flint shoes. And uh, I gotta say they're some of the most comfortable heels I've ever owned. I can actually run in them. And I can't believe it's taken this long for a person to realize that women need comfortable and fashionable shoes. Sarah Flint is a woman designing shoes for women. So there's really thoughtful design details like extra padding and arch support. I mean, amazing. And did I mention how chic they are? No wonder celebrities like Lady Gaga, Serena Williams, Carly Kloss have all been stepping out in Sarah Flint shoes. Step into quality, design, and comfort in a pair of Sarah Flint shoes. As a special welcome offer for Help Me Be Me listeners, you'll get $50 off your first Sarah Flint purchase when you go to sarahflint.com slash helpmebeme. That's sarahflint.com slash helpmebeme for $50 off. One more time sarahflint.com slash me. Have you ever had an acne breakout come at the worst possible time? I know I have. I remember I got a giant zit on my head right before our class photos and uh, let's just say there was a giant single bang in the middle of my forehead for no apparent reason. We've all had struggles with our skin and that's why we are excited to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe treats acne, and they can also help you hit other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. Right now, we have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with an Apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com helpmebeme when you use our code HelpMeBEME, me. this code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash me be me and click Begin visit, then use our code me BE ME at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash me be me. And use that code, Help Me Be Me, to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre measured ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Fall can be hectic, but HelloFresh's recipes save time you'd otherwise spend on meal prepping, grocery shopping, and chopping, so you can focus on getting back into a new routine and spending quality time with your family. Ingredients travel from the farm to your door within a week, so you get the convenience without skimping on the quality. I had a wonderful experience especially with um things that i'm used to cooking but i've never cooked them in this exact way so for example we made uh frank's red hot flavored chicken recipe i believe it was and it was like a shaken baked style coating and i mean the flavors of the spice packets are really good i feel like every spice packet has been like bam i want to put this on everything so go to hellofresh.com help me be me 14 and use code help me be me 14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash be me 14 and use code helpmebeme 14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think one of the things that's kind of, I mean, it's one of the coolest things that ever happened in my life and it didn't even happen to me. It happened to you. Um, But this story of, so I remember when I met you, it was, um, you were the speaker at a meeting. I was giving my ex a cake at the meeting. And I remember it was one of my first like really serious nudges. I remember because you spoke and you said at the time you had like a bunch of kids that were staying at your house, some were sleeping Mm -hmm. on your porch and you were mm-hmm. like, we're trying to get to this organization together. Um, I wanna like build housing for them. Like I, the kids would bring home other kids that were homeless that needed yeah. help. And you were sure. like, anyone that can help, please help. We need anybody yeah. to do whatever you can do. And I remember like the line after the meeting like was like a thousand people long. And I was like, damn it. And I, I was like, I really, really wanted to help. I like really want her info. And it was like one of those things where I was like, ah, I'm already at the end of the line. I can't, I can't like, it's too bad. My, my chance has passed. And I was like, I got this nudge that was like, no, 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 you need her info. So I sent my ex to the front of the line to get your card. And
1: Probably then one I, of my kids gave it to him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and then emailed you, I think the next day. And I was like, Hey, I don't know what I can do to help, but I would love to help you. And then we went to lunch and we chatted and then I started helping with the website and then the the video and then there, I mean, long story short now, 15 ish years later, still helping wherever I can in like little ways, but um, you, so one of the things I did for the teen project was like, I printed these posters after hours at my office for the teen project. I remember just putting it in the
1: poster. Yeah. You Photoshopped yourself in, it was brilliant. You won an award for that one,
0: right? I did. And we got some, it in some magazines. So yeah, we printed out these posters and I remember being like, what am I, why are we even doing this? I was like, this is probably going to end up in the trash, but I was like, whatever, I'm going to do it anyway. So I sent out a bunch of these posters that were like basically facts about foster kids and when they're emancipated from foster care, dot, dot, dot. One of them gets sent to, uh, I forgot what it was, a pregnancy Pregnancy center, center.
1: a pregnancy center at risk for mm-hmm. girls at
0: risk. And okay. So I get walking my dog years and years later and I get an email from you. And I remember reading it and all of the hairs on my whole body stood up and I was like, oh. Right
1: now, me too. There's no way to avoid this.
0: My God. Yeah. And I mean, just one of the craziest stars. So I'd love, I know it's in your book, but I'd love if you could just tell this story as it happened to you.
1: Okay. It's a, I'm going to tell you the shorter version or we'll be yes. here till lunchtime. But um, I had... And I want to I want to preface this by saying the story that I'm working on right now in the book, all of the stories in the book, you read them and you go, how the hell did this happen? Okay, I don't know, you know, universe, higher power, George Burns, there's no way to explain it, but this is the most intense of all stories. And right, right now, just so I don't forget, I'm working on the story of the teen project and the fact that I have 43 foster kids. And in the beginning of the story, I say... Just so you know, people come up to me all the time and say, this is great what you did. I didn't do shiz, seriously, and shiz with a z at the end, so I'm not cussing on your thing. I simply wake up every morning, have like four shots of espresso and look to see what's next to do, and I have no plan. Um, Now, I did have a job for a long time, but things just start unraveling, and that's the story I'm working on now, how I met you, how we started the team project, and every single thing that happened after that, none of it was planned. So um, one of the stories from the book is I was working at Northrop Grumman as an IT director, just to give you a glimpse into some, how this espresso wake up thing worked. I was a prostitute with no, I just, you know, I took my GED. I had no college. I had no job skills and some trick um, trained me on computers. And I had such a fierce, um, nobody will stop me or tell me no anymore. I'm sick of the nose that I, Failed, 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 passed, failed, failed, passed, failed, failed, passed to the point where I was more certified than any other individual, but also probably failed more tests than any other individual. But at that point, it didn't matter. Love I was it. director of IT, right? So, um, two friends in the program um, one an actor, and another one whose family um, founded the biggest, one of the biggest um, funds. Um, in america that goes into your 401k became friends and asked me to help them to start a charity like mine so in my off hours I, I offered that i i said yes i would accept that offer and um they hired me to do that as a project manager so part of doing that was raising money and what happened was i was sitting in a meeting with them and the councilmen in los angeles and trying to get money from him the actor helped because it was that whole schmoozy like "ooh, get to sit with an actor thing um and the councilman offered me twenty thousand dollars for our new you know endeavor our new endeavor was going to take about um a million dollars maybe five hundred thousand to start so i told that councilman i can't even put your picture on the wall for twenty thousand now of course on the inside I was like, 20 freaking thousand. But on the outside, I was like, you better play you better play a poker face here, girl, because you need more money and you know he's got it. A couple days later he called me and said I have actually five hundred thousand. That's how it all started. Amazing. Right. And that's a bigger story in the book that you have to look at. Um Anyway, part of that money meant I had to get a a county grant and part of that county grant meant I had to go to the county office and learn how to do a county grant. I knew nothing, but I was absorbing everything. So on my lunch break, North Rip Grumman, I get in my car to go to the county office to learn how to do that grant and on my way to that meeting. Now, I only have an hour for lunch and this meeting is going to take an hour. So I took an extra hour that day and I was real. I have a lot of integrity about what I say I'm going to do and when I'm going to be back. And I was a boss, so I wanted to be my word. So I start on my way to that meeting and some voice in my head says, pull into this parking lot. And I'm like in this worst part of LA. And I'm like, what? That doesn't even make sense, I'm in a rush. (laughs) And then I see some nail shop, um, like glowing lights and it says, you need to go into the nail shop. And I'm like, holy moly, no, I'm never gonna make it back on time. I don't have time for this. I got 20 minutes to get to that damn office. I gotta get to that meeting. But I look at it and i'm like crap because i've learned the hard way if you don't follow the voice you hate yourself later for not following it so i get to the front of the nail shop and i don't need i don't have time for nails i don't need nails but i look in the mirror and i look like a like a monkey with all this hair on my eyebrows and i'm like that's how long it had been since i made it to the nail shop so i said i could go in for a wax and it would literally just take a minute um and i could get in get out and have them having listened to the voice so i go in and there's only one other girl in the nail shop and I sit down I tell them I need a wax I look at the girl she looks at me she's like 30 she looks like she's got her whole life in order she's getting nailed with bling I think okay this is a misread but I'll get my wax done and I'll leave so I get my wax done I leave I get out to the car and the boy says really that's it and I'm like what do you want me to do like walk up to some stranger like what am I supposed to do I don't even know what to say and she looks fine to me this is misread misfire And then I had books next to me. So I said, okay, screw it. I'm going to have to do this. I wrote, if you need help, call me. And I put my number in my book and I dropped it on her nail desk. And the girl looked at me like, what the hell? And I said, just, (laughs) it's a present. Have a good day. And I ran out. I went to my meeting. I come back out of my meeting. I'm in my car, listening to my voice messages, thinking it's all work, technical stuff. And there's this message from this girl. And it says, my name's Angela. You gave me a book in the nail shop. Why did you give me that book? I need to talk to you. So I call her back and I didn't know what to say. I mean, my book says prostitute, heroin addict. Oh my God, was she pissed? Was I calling her a prostitute? I don't know what she was thinking. So I called her back and I said, um, I was almost killed on the streets um, many years ago. I didn't go into much detail, but I said, um, since that time, I feel like angels leave me people in help that need help. And today I'm feeling like you need help. at least they're telling me you do. And then it got really quiet. And she said, I don't ask anyone for help. And I said, whoa, okay, pull over. And when I pulled over, I was like, yeah, neither do I. But look, you know who I am. I have no idea who you are besides your first name. Use me like Dr. Loris Schlesinger. I help a lot of people tell me what's the matter. I can give you my best advice for free and then we can get off the phone and never talk again. So it was quiet again. And then she said, social workers just took my daughter I'm about to lose my job because i don't care anymore i'm suicidal and tomorrow i'll be homeless and i'm like holy mm. crap this was not a misread okay so i said you know what this is a lot and i could give you advice but i could also probably help you because i have houses for young girls um maybe we could meet for dinner so i meet this girl for dinner and we're talking through dinner and um she tells me she's a foster kid and i'm like holy crap this is so <laughs> not a misread and how the hell was I led from the, this important meeting to a nail shop that I it just didn't even have time for to meet a foster kid who's now like 32. So anyway, long story short, I'm able to help her. I get her into my house. She's living there. She had went to school to be a medical assistant, never got her intern hours. I got her all set up for intern hours. I'm back at work a couple of days later and I get this call at work and it's some lady, um, and I had a, another engineer in my office at the time that was on my team. So we were talking about technical stuff. And when the phone rang, I put it on speaker thinking it was work. And it was some lady. And she said, do you have? And then she said the girl's name in your care right now. And I said, yeah. And she said, how did you get that girl? And I didn't want to tell that whole story. So I went, you know, I met her at the nail shop. And the lady started crying like crying in such a way that I was shaken. And I looked at the engineer across from me and she had tears coming down her face. And I'm like, holy moly, what's going on here? And she said, do you even know who you have? And I said, well, she said she was a foster kid. And she said, yeah, her foster mom's in prison for life. Why don't you Google her name? And she gave me her name. So I Googled it. And what I found is this lady had abused so many foster kids so badly that they kept on removing her ability to foster. And she kept on moving counties and getting her foster care license again and adopting a bunch of kids. And at the point where she got Angela and her brother, they were the ninth kids that were adopted to her in this new crew of kids she was abusing. So I was like, oh my God. And I read the story and it said she took a bunch of kids in a a big car from, it was like a three and a half hour trip and they had rules about eating. If they didn't eat fast enough, one of them would sit on the other one's back. Anyway, she made a big kid sit on a little kid's back, and by the time they got where they were going, the kid was dead. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like insane! How do I get pulled up the street to a nail shop to find a kid like this? And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is insane! I can't even process it. I couldn't breathe. We, me and the engineer, were crying. Um, I got off the, I got off the computer, and I went home, and I was just like in an awe. Couple days later, um, I'm, and, and I did—you know—I didn't want to upset the kids, so I didn't say much about it to her. I didn't really say anything about it. A Couple days later, I'm getting my hair done, and I'm almost back to normal again emotionally. And the phone rings again, and it's that lady again. Now, this lady told me that she met her in church when she was 12, and she never let anyone help her, and she was struggling with the fact that she let me, a stranger, not only help her, but she moved into one of my houses. So she was crying again she said, oh my God, I had to call you back. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she said, I have to tell you something. When this girl was younger, I used to sit at this place where I was volunteering. It was for pregnant moms that didn't have any support. In the break room, there was a poster on the wall and I used to stare at it and pray for her because it said something about foster kids. And I would pray through my whole break and then go back to volunteering i just looked at your website that's your poster
0: mm.
1: and like right now telling you the story my body's still lit up with chills i'm like what that's sarah may bates that's my friend she started volunteering for me in the beginning that's her in the picture is that the one you're talking about she said yes the kids sitting on the street the stuff about foster care i've been praying to it and somehow she found you through my prayers to that poster and i'm like oh my god if you don't believe in something i don't care if it's george a butterfly a tree there is no way this could happen right so i am so shaken up at this point sarah and i know you are too that i have this really cool psychic if you guys ever want a a psychic that knows what she's doing sloan bella sloan bella's in la right and i use her all the time because she's so precise So I went to see her about a business matter a couple days later. But during our talk, I said, Sloan, the weirdest thing keeps on happening to me. I keep on getting like a little nudge to do something. And I told her the whole story I just told you. And I said, how did I get pulled into that nail shop? What was that? Was that God? Is that an angel? Like, where the heck are these messages coming from? And she said, "Um, no, it's not God. Okay. It's not an angel, as if she was seeing it clearly. She said, it's a four-year-old or five-year-old girl. It's a young girl with dark skin. I don't know her ethnicity. She's not black. I don't know if she's Mexican, but she's dark and she has long hair and like a little blue dress. She looks like a little girl. Well, of course, knowing that one of the kids died in that car, I didn't know her description because they don't put the descriptions of children they're not allowed to, right? Oh my God, I am like, so like, how does this happen? So a couple of days later we get a Jaguar donated to us, an old Jaguar, don't get too excited, but it is a Jaguar, so yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. a Jaguar is cool, I don't care how old it is. And it was like a really old thing, but it ran. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna give it to, to Angela because she's working now um, with this doctor to get her intern hours and that way she could drive, she already has the license. So we get the car we go to the oil shop to get the oil change check the tires before she's going to take the car over and we're eating a taco and I said all my kids know about Sloan because I never shut up about her she's so the bomb.com so I'm like "Um, you know Sloan the psychic and she goes yeah yeah lady you see I'm like yeah I asked her how I found you because I got to tell you even she was like how do you how did you find me we were both like baffled and she said yeah what she say and I said she said it was a little girl, like with long brown hair and dark skin and a little blue dress. She was like five, six, you know, a little girl. And she looked really emotional. And she said, that's Rachel, the girl that died that day in the car. The, the lady always made her wear dresses. She never wore anything but a dress and she was wearing a blue dress the day she died. And I was like, oh my Angela, You are so beating yourself up all this time for what happened in that car, which was never your responsibility. You were a child. And do you see how much this girl loves you? She is reaching from heaven to grab me, to grab Sarah, to grab the woman that's trying to help you and say, help this freaking girl. She needs your help. She brought me to you because she loves you and she wants you to stop blaming yourself. And she looked like, so it was like pale, like with emotion. And I got to tell you at that moment, a healing just like fell upon her that it's, it's okay. Rachel knows it wasn't you. It wasn't you. And she loves you. And it's like, oh my God, that's one of the many stories in the book that no one could ever tell me how that happened with any logical sense. Right. And at the time I was praying to George Burns. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Don't worry about it. You know what? I got to tell you, in my sobriety the last time, so I've been sober for a while, but it took me years. I kept on relaxing. But one of my relapses was behind being sober for like four months. And one of the girls took me. To church at my rehab. Now um, I'm an equal opportunity God person. You know what I mean? I'll go to anything once or twice and see if it takes. I'm like I leave what take what you want, and leave the rest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, she takes me to this church where people are talking in tongues, and then they grab me and bring me into a room, and they told me if if you're not praying to Jesus, and I love Jesus. He was a Jew. He ate matzah. So he spoke Hebrew. So don't get me wrong. I love Jesus too. But they said if you're not praying to Jesus, then it's a evil spirit that's guiding you and wants to hurt you the only way to god is through jesus so that night i went back to rehab i was like holy hell on my knees going god jesus or whoever's there like i'm just like calling on anyone and it actually caused me to relapse like how screwed up is that that's so um the ability to just believe in something that you trust and someone that you trust or a face that you trust or a child that you trust anything other than yourself Mm -hmm. is like you have to be comfortable with the thing you're trusting. Mm -hmm. If you're not comfortable and you don't believe in it, or you don't, you know, you have to just be comfortable with it. Like this thing would never lead me wrong. And I thought George Burns would never lead me astray. I Mm -hmm. saw the movie, Oh God, part two. If you haven't seen it, you can download it, rent it, and watch (laughs) it tonight and go, holy heck, I know what she's talking about now. This guy is so easygoing and so approachable. Who wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to pray to him? you know? Right.
0: Yeah. I think that you make a really good point. Cause I, I feel like when I, cause I was not at all spiritual also was like brought up Mormon. Then I was rebaptized Catholic and I never related to any of it. I felt like pretty, it, it just felt weird. Like I was like, I don't hear anything higher than me. I don't relate to this set of, you know, rituals that you guys are doing. And yeah. I, I remember when I was like, trying really really hard to put my life back together in therapy the second time um yeah. my therapist was like D- do you try and just reach out to a higher power and I was like I don't that does not resonate with me at all like I don't have any beliefs at all when I did in the past really really needed help the most I didn't get any help which is not true now that I look back in retrospect the fact that I'm not dead is proof that I did have some help. But anyway, she, she was like, well, how about if you want a connection to something higher, why don't you just act as if she was like, just Mm -hmm. pretend you believe and just try praying, just pretend that you believe in something and practice it. And that's for me, what got me started was like, I was just like, all right, I'm going to try it that. And you gave me that God box. And to be quite honest, when you first gave it to me, I was kind of triggered by it. And I was like, Ooh, like I didn't like the word God yeah. at all, but I just started using it out of desperation. Cause like at the time, just shit hit the fan in like a major way. And I was like, I'm just going to start trying to act as if, and I'm going to try praying. I'm going to try putting stuff in this box and kind of like you, it just started to help like, It's more than anything just made me like, feel like I meant it. And that in itself, I think is really powerful. But if anybody out there is like, you know, really wanting to have a connection to something higher and you're creeped out by the idea or freaked out by the idea or had, you've had hard things happen and you didn't get any help. Maybe just try, you know, inventing something that feels comforting to reach out to. Maybe it's George Burns, maybe it's something else. And uh, try putting uh, some questions in a box or requests in a box, just asking for help. Maybe it just starts there.
1: Yeah, I think the box is a way to remind yourself when you start stressing out again. Oh, I already gave that mail to him or her or Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. I can't take the mail back because it's physically in their box. Now we're both trying. And now I might jack it up by thinking about it. Because you know what happens when I think about stuff that I'm scared of? Mm -hmm. You know, in the program, we say fear is false evidence appearing real. I just read about this part in my book. When I think of something I'm afraid of, like that's happening right now, Mm -hmm. I go to the worst possible circumstance I could ever freaking have in my head. And I'm there. Like, not only am I there in my head, my body starts to tense up.
0: Oh, totally. And I'm
1: like, oh my God, you're having an emotional, physical reaction to your bad story. Right. Right. So yeah, you're basically I just living it. Yes. So what I've learned and it, I actually used it in getting the new property for sex traffic girls, which 27 charities were bidding on. Oh my I God. decided, you know what? I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to think the best possible outcome and I'm going to have a positive physical reaction and maybe it will happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Couldn't hurt. So yesterday we had an auditor by our place and it was um, if we had 10 auditors, it would be the one we wouldn't want. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, I was kind of like I was kind of like stressed out, like, oh, my God, not this. Um, she's coming to audit us again. But we need this new site approved. And she was the one we were leaning on. So then all of a sudden it hit me in the morning. You know what? Expect her to be nice. Mm-hmm. Expect it to go well. Mm-hmm. expect everything to be positive. Go in with a sunny disposition. Mm-hmm. So I walked in and we were all sunny. We were all happy. And we got approved for the first time ever Amazing. in one day without any, any edits, changes, things needed. She was like, you guys are golden.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Like, okay.
1: So random. Now it could have went bad. Yes. You could have, whoever's thinking, yeah, I could have went bad too. Yeah, it could have, except for it, I saved myself a physical reaction that probably would have taken seconds off my life anyway. Mm-hmm. And I went in a good mood and I was open to what would happen next. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't want to take too much of your time. Cause I know you're a very busy person.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I'm so happy I got to talk with you and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that you exist in the world <laughs> Thank you. And um, if anybody wants to find Lori's books, her story, um, there's also a book on my my website that is for 100% donations go to the teen project. It's the stories of Vera Sanctuary, which is one of the houses that Lori mentioned. Um, And there are all the stories from the actual girls that live there. And it's not for the faint of heart, but it's also very, very inspiring um, and comforting to know that they're with you Lori um but that's mm-hmm. you can you can buy one of those on yaywithme.com or you can check out um the teenproject.com to make a donation also to to volunteer and I'm also going to put a link to punished for purpose which is Lori's book in the show notes for this episode So Well thank
1: you for having me on lady I can't wait to get this new book to you I think it's going to be the best one yet Oh, it it's, it's is like unbelievable and it's all the things that we've created
0: hmm so yeah, I and
1: I love you and I want to tell you one more thing when I think when new people are starting charities and I'm helping them like go I have a podcast on how to start a charity anyway but um I have to tell them that like 100 people will show up and only 10 of them will stay but you have to focus on the 10 and forget about the 90 or you're going to be really depressed mm-hmm. and you're one of those people that just stayed and uh-huh. I was like this Sarah Mae Bates is still going no matter (laughs) who fell off because people like to commit to stuff to make themselves feel good. Mm -hmm. And then they can't follow through. Right. 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 So um, I want to thank you for your commitment, your integrity, sister. I mean, you've just been there through the whole thing and you're watching it still unravel.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that made my day.
1: (laughs) All right. Thank you
0: honored to be a part uh, of Love
1: to everyone and call me if you need anything else. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks,
1: Lori. All right. Thank you, Sarah. All right. All right bye. Bye.